This morning, as I was, I lost my harness here. Lost my clip. I'll stick it in my pocket. This morning, as I was praying, um, this thought came to me as that I trembled and I'll walk away from the other mic and see if it's on. And uh, for me to be in front of you, standing between man and a holy God, I tremble. I can kind of see how uh, Isaiah felt. He said, woe is me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the king the Lord of hosts. You know, it's, it's an awesome time that we can have. We don't physically see the king, the Lord of hosts. But we can spend that day in his presence and then share what he's laid on our heart. Then flew one of the seraphim unto me, having a live coal, in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also I have heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for me? Then said I, Here am I, send me. And that is my desire. That the Lord just, right now, just touches my lips. Hear my Lord. Use me. And I don't know why I can't always feel this way. To take life this seriously. We're living for a holy God, not for ourselves. And I was blessed this morning, Marilyn, when you shared the burden on your heart, as you will find it's part of the message that This morning, we could fulfill the law of Christ. A man was carrying a heavy load of grain down a country road. And along came a man 
on a horse-drawn wagon, stopped and asked if the man with the load wanted to ride. So he got on the wagon and was riding along, but he kept his load on his shoulder. Then the man told him that you can let your load off of your shoulder and set it in the wagon. Then the man said, no, it's enough that you carry me and I'll just keep my load. How are we today? We're going through life. Jesus comes along. And when we accept his invitation, that we can be in him and he is in us. But so many want to continue to carry that load. They want to carry that burden. And Jesus is saying, just give me it. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. Have I, have we cast all our burdens on him? Or how many of us are selfish and want to hang on? Then Paul says, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And that's what blessed me this morning. It's not a crime to share that we're, we're burdened. We're loaded down with care. You see, it's, it's always fun and good to hear when people are rejoicing. You know, and that rejoicing multiplies if we share it. If we just keep it, I'm just rejoicing. But if I can share it, there's hundred of us rejoicing. But it also works, it actually works opposite then on, with our burdens. You know, when I'm not sharing it, I'm carrying this whole burden. But if I share it, now a hundred of them can divide that burden and lighten the load. That's Christ's design. Can we share our burdens? Marilyn shared her burden. Can we share in that? Do we care that she has a burden? Or do we at times think they just need to get their act together? That's not the mind of Christ. I fear that many do not cast their burden upon the Lord when they're saved. You see, they want enough Jesus 
to escape hell. But not so much that it really changes them. Because they like too well how, who they are. So my question is, why are you saved? The initial thought may be, nobody wants to go to hell. We know that. But if that's the only reason we're saved, we're really missing the point. The word salvation has the meaning of salvage. You see, when Adam and Eve fell, sin entered the world. Or there is sin. If we're living in sin, we're not in the presence of God. And when we're born, we're not in the presence of God, so to speak. You know, when it may come, we're born in the junkyard, so to speak. And if we can see that condition, that, yeah, we don't want to burn, but what's worse is spending eternity in a godless place where there is total darkness. And when we can see ourselves as totaled, in the kingdom of God, that before I'm born again, I am worthless because I'm not even in the kingdom of God. I'm in darkness. Then Jesus comes along and he rescues us from that mess. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Here's the exciting part. See, he takes us out of that junkyard and he brings us in Christ. Now we're in Christ and Christ is in us. It's a complete oneness. Totally enveloped. It's a oneness. You, it's just there. Such an entwining and then we have a new title. We're born as a sinner. But now when we're in Christ, we're his son. We're a saint. But as many as have received him, to them gave he power in the sense of ability it's a privilege, or the New King James says, a right to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. 
Is that not what we want? Is that not what should draw us to become born again? To reap those benefits? That, that abundant life that we have? And when we have that new title, that we're a son, now we are joint heirs with Jesus. Seated with him in the heavenly places. I long for that day to be there. Not in a negative form, but it's going to be so glorious. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see face to face. And I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. And then when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day that will be. Are we not excited? Is it, is it worth carrying these burdens? When it's right there, he wants them. He wants to help us. It's not worth not giving it. And it's not worth not giving our life completely to him. You see, if we haven't done that, we will have the same, what word do I want to use there? It may sound like we have a spiritual locked heart, but really, our spirit has not been come alive. We, have, we must experience that spiritual awakening when his spirit witnesses with our spirit. We're forgiven. We're redeemed. We're healed. Ultimately, we're free. If we are free in Christ, we are free indeed. That's why this teaching is precious to me. That's what Jesus really came for. We have become a new creation. Before I go into this, the next scripture I want to bring out, actually, I'm going to show it. And I may not read that, I'll read this song that is soothing to me. And I've uh, downloaded it off of YouTube, and I, every now and then I just listen to it. He is the fountain, by the way. Sorry that I don't have it on the PowerPoint, but I just crossed my mind this morning, so I printed it out just before we came. Um, he is the fountain for a thirsty soul. He is the healer and so much more. When my heart is broken by this world's demands, the pieces are mended through one scarred hand. And when I can't stand, I have to lean. And when I can't see, I must believe. The great physician's touch is a balm that can mend broken hearts with one scarred hand. It's a hand that holds this world in place. It's a hand that was scarred just to give me grace. 
And to think a hand that holds the stars is small enough to mend one broken heart. Isn't that amazing? That's our Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Nowhere in there does it say that he was sent to save us from hell. But yes, so many times, it seems that's why we become saved. Okay, now, description of a spiritual locked heart. It's sad how many people are really locked this way. It's, it's sad that so many are hurt by God's people. Slaughtering their own sheep. If we knew just how many people in our churches could not pray from their heart, we were probably shocked. Which leads me to the first. Is they pray intellectually from their heart, their head and not from their heart. That's one description. When you pray, do you focus on praying from your heart? Or are we praying so it sounds good to others? Man, this guy sounds pretty spiritual. When, in fact, they may be very little spiritual. Would we pray if God would be right here and I would be praying to him and speaking to him, would I speak the same way as I pray? Would you pray the same way you pray today if God would be right in front of you? Because in fact, he is. And we're speaking to a holy God, not to the people. We don't need to impress anyone. We want to bless God. But there's so many have been hurt and we need to put on a good show. We need to look good. But I'm telling you, I want to take that burden away from you. You do not have to look good to impress me. I want you for who you are. And I love you for who you are. It's not what you are. It's who you are. And you're all very special. Don't try to impress me. Just be you. I love you exactly where you're at. I've been here years. 
They don't feel accepted. They don't feel as though Jesus loves them. At times I had felt there's no way he can love me. They know he saved them, but they can't feel his love. And they're living, and they, they feel like there's, there's something wrong. They have a spiritual consciousness in their head of what they are supposed to do, but they do it out of duty and not out of love for God. They can either spiritually withdraw or become overbearing. They withdraw because they don't feel loved by God, or they become overbearing trying to perform so that they can be accepted by God. It's a snare of performance. It doesn't work. That's Satan's snare. Okay, the causes of a spiritual locked heart. There was truth communicated without love. They were wounded by another Christian or church group who came across in a judgmental way. A parent, pastor, teacher, or friend may have forced truth and rules on them, causing them to feel like they would never be good enough for God's love. Having high expectations and not balancing it with mercy, love, and understanding. That is an extreme high calling for us as pastors. We dare not forget that. And parents. There's nothing wrong with having high expectations. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with presenting the truth. And we dare not neglect warning those who are erring from the truth. You see, for us as pastors, if there is a brother who's erring, his blood is on us. We're, if we do nothing, I should say, if we do nothing, we're guilty. And we're going to be, all of us, we're going to be judged. Or, sorry, we're going to be accountable of how well we have stood for truth. But we must balance it with mercy, love, and understanding. But never ignore sin consequences of the their relationship with the Lord is intellectual they can say all the right things and seem to have a very close walk with God 
but it's all in the intellect. It's all in their, I guess you, you could say it's all in their head. They have never felt love as it relates to Jesus, only strife when spiritual things are present. We'd be amazed how many have been hurt in the church. And it's a place for healing. It's sad. Very sad. And if you've been there, I want to apologize and say, I am sorry. Because that is not right. Okay, so how to resolve this? First, identify what destroyed the person's heart. Most likely, they have an abuse issue. Pray through those issues, resolving the bitterness. Renouncing the effects of the abuse and forgiving the perpetrator. We'll see once how this looks. Not the greatest. Jesus heals the pain sheet. So describe your painful memory, what you have. Invite Jesus to heal the painful memory. Release the pain and allow Jesus to heal the pain. Jesus I feel so unloved by you. Be honest with him. If that's how you feel, be honest with him. Lord, I feel so unloved by you. Can I give it to you right now? I no longer want to carry this burden. Could you hold my heart in your hands? And give it peace and comfort. I want your peace to rule in my heart. I want to feel your love and be able to express it to others. Also identify the lies that you've believed through this. That I'm not worthy of his love. I'm not good enough. For example, you may believe that you were never accepted. Then search the scriptures. Because Satan, I'd like to say always uses truth and mixes it with error to draw us. But search the scriptures. If you're struggling with being accepted, search scriptures that are geared toward accepted that we are accepted in the beloved. Then believe it to defy the lies of Satan. To speak that truth to that lie.
I don't know if I should name him this or not, but I, as I was doing this, as I was preparing here, I just thought, you know, he's a nasty old sucker, but every now and then he catches this sucker. I bite that bait. It looks so real. It looks so good. It's appealing to what I'm struggling with. I don't feel loved. I don't feel desired. Negative thoughts. Clean up the locks. Ask Jesus' heart and emotional questions like, were you with me during the abuse? Where were you? Do you love me? Do you even care about me? Do you understand me? It seems like no one understands. I'm out here on this island all alone. Do you understand me? Those are healing times. That's where the locks start releasing and Jesus starts coming in. He shows us. Of course he cares. He loves and he understands. You know, there's, there's at times when I feel low. I've told Luella already, I don't understand this. I have this wonderful family a wonderful wife, I'm laying right beside her. I feel all alone. That's when this, that's when I got to do this. Because if we don't, if we just leave it there, we become lonely, depressed, bitter, whatever starts coming in. Why? Because I have given ground to the enemy in believing that lie. And this is not a once and done. It's a lifestyle. And it takes time. When I was so depressed and suicidal, Lowell and I spent a year layer by layer, by layer. It was a hard year. But don't lose hope. Don't lose faith. We always like the microwave effect. Pop a pill and it's over. Then my mind goes in, into the occult again. I'm not putting everything in one basket. Please understand me. Please, don't take me wrong. But we have Jesus Christ, who is our comforter, our healer. And, and while we have the Holy Spirit to be our comforter, then if we have to take medication 
for the rest of my life to control my mental state when I'm supposed to be having the helmet of salvation. It's an idol. It's in the occult. That doesn't mean we can't use it short term. And I'm not saying somebody has been so damaged that they can't do without. I'm, I'm not putting everything in one basket. But if our faith is in that, it's an idol. I'm sorry. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. He is God the healer. And he stands on his word. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He can't. He can't lie. He is nothing but truth. And when you look up the word in Galatians 5, witchcraft, pharmakeia, is where a pharmacy comes from. And I don't go off on the deep end and say we never use it. I'm, please understand me right. But don't use that as trusting in that, that that's what I have to have. I hope I got the rabbit on that trail. Okay, the result. They will have a heart relationship with God. They will be able to pray from their heart rather than from intellectual from their head. They will feel emotionally connected to God. They will view God as loving. If you remember my self-focus when I said, you know, I hated God but I loved Jesus. I did not feel loved by God at that time. There's a lie of Satan. Okay, and they will be able to trust God. And they will be able to receive and give God's love. And that is the ultimate goal. And I'm hoping that these messages have been making sense. My desire is that we can learn more so that we can, my greatest burden that I feel the Lord has laid on my heart is we need to understand each other. Why do we do what we do? You know, we can be so critical on someone that's a little different than we are, or maybe there is someone who's struggling, or maybe there is someone who's fearing, and it's just, why are they fearing about something this simple? But let's remember, there's something behind that. That's what I've been hoping, that this is teaching, that we can understand 
we're not all the same. We all have different backgrounds. There's many hurts that it could have happened back there. And if it's not healed, when something happens, when Willis tells me something wrong that pushes a button on the pain that I haven't dealt with, I respond negatively. That's why people respond the way they respond. And if this has been a dread for you through these 12 locked hearts, bear with me. There's one more to go. This was number 11. So let's pray. Our kind Heavenly Father, thank you so much for giving us Jesus. Lord, as we're studying all those rituals or whatever you would call the commandments that you gave them of all that wave offering and the heave offering and sin offering and all those different offerings, Jesus fulfilled it all. Jesus was that perfect lamb. Thank you, Father. Father, we adore you. And we just lay our life before you. If we need melting, melt us. Mold us, Father, into your image. Fill each one of us by your spirit. And that we can be that light. That we as a congregation be that city on a hill that cannot be hid. And that we shine so light, so bright. That darkness around us Fleas. Oh Lord, may we be the true salt. May we be full of flavor and cause others to be so thirsty for that living water. And then may that our be- out of our bellies flow rivers of living water, not just a little trinkle, Father. We want those huge flowing rivers out of us. But it's only done through you, Lord. We recognize that. Work in us your mighty power. Help us, Father. Oh, Lord, we need you. We love you. We praise you. You alone are worthy. And may we never forget that we are adopted into your family. That we are joint heirs with Jesus. 
and that we are son of an almighty, holy God. That in Jesus Christ, we can cry out, Abba, Father, we cry out to you. Heal us, Father, of all our iniquities, our infirmities, our sicknesses. And make each one of us whole and complete in you. To you be praise, honor, and glory. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.